That is Miles Davis playing the very famous tune, So What, which is the anchor of his album, Kind of Blue. We are celebrating 70 years of music in Detroit here on WDET this week, and uh, we're talking about the fact that at different points in our history, this station has been a classical station, it has been a jazz station. Of course, Ed Love has been here with us for decades, and we still bring you great music of all genres, but it's that connection to jazz that has a really special place in my heart, and it's the city's connection to one of the greatest jazz musicians who ever lived that we want to focus on for the rest of the hour. In 1953, Miles Davis moved to Detroit for a months-long residency at the Bluebird Inn on Detroit's west side on Tyreman. It was a time that helped shape Davis's career before he became recognized as the world's greatest jazz trumpeter. A film about Davis is going to screen tomorrow and Saturday here in Midtown at the Detroit Film Theater. And we're really lucky to have the director of that film on with us now. Stanley Nelson is an Emmy Award winning documentary filmmaker and director. Stanley, welcome to Detroit Today. Uh, Thank you so much. Great to be on. Great to have you with us. Uh, Also with us is Mark Stryker. He's the author of Jazz from Detroit, a former Detroit Free Press arts reporter and critic. And he's going to moderate a post screening Q&A with Stanley Nelson tomorrow at the Detroit Film Theater. Mark Stryker, welcome to Detroit Today. Thanks. It's great to be here to talk about Miles Davis. Yes. Uh, So, Stan Nelson, let's talk about this film, Miles Davis, Birth of the Cool. It's going to air tomorrow and Saturday at 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 the Detroit Film Theater and at the Michigan Theater in Ann Arbor tomorrow through October 24th. Tell us what we learn about Miles Davis in this film. Well, you learn so much about Miles. You know, it's a biography of Miles. We have complete access to Miles' music, so uh, we use kind of whatever music we wanted. We talked to so many of the people who played with Miles, uh, Herbie Hancock, Jimmy Cobb, Wayne Shorter, Ron Carter, uh, Marcus Miller, so many people, um, his family, his son, uh, his youngest son, Aaron, nephew, Vince, who lived with him, uh, Francis Taylor's first wife, um, so it's a it's a biography of Miles, kind of you know warts and all, um, and I think you know in some ways it became a bigger film than just a film about Miles and his music, which is huge. Um, but it's also a film about America and about um, you know Miles and in the context of America. Hmm. I, I think it's really difficult, and it has proven difficult for people to capture Miles Davis accurately and in some notion of completeness on film uh talk about how perhaps this still this film might stand apart from from some of the other efforts uh, you you have been working with some of the people who are close who are closest uh with miles it, it feels as though and i haven't seen the film yet but it feels as though this is a different take than the ones that we've seen already I think so. I mean, one of the things that's really interesting once we started making this film is we found that there haven't really been very many films about about Miles, mm-hmm. or films that tried to capture, you know, a biography of Miles. So um, it, it is in some ways one of the first. Um, I think one of the things that we do that that's unique is Miles kind of narrates the film himself. We have an actor, Carl Lumley, who, who voices Miles' words. And so in some ways, um, you know, Miles kind of comments on his own life and, and his own music. And I think 
think that's fascinating. We also found, you know, footage that had never been seen before, stills that have never been seen before. Uh, we talked to people who had never been talked to before about Miles. So, you know, there's a lot in the film that, that hasn't been seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark, talk about um, uh, the role that radio played in Detroit's jazz scene mid-century when Miles Davis was around and active here. Give us a sense of what Detroit's jazz scene was like in 1953. Well, uh, you know, Detroit in the 1940s and 1950s and early 1960s, one of was um, that scene was a golden age here in Detroit, and and the city was producing some of the most important jazz musicians of the era, um, and so Detroit was a it was a roaring, roaring, profound scene that would have a dramatic influence on on the course of contemporary jazz from middle of the twentieth century all the way up to today. That's you know basically the subject of of my book, mm-hmm. and. Um, so when, when Miles is here, he's um, this is a very fertile place um, and a very inspiring place as he's trying to get his life back together. Um, we'll, we'll talk about that here probably in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, uh, radio, television, uh, media at that time was really an important part of the jazz ecosystem. Um, there was a guy in Detroit named Bill Randall who became a, was a very famous disc jockey who produced important jazz concerts in the middle of the 1940s. In addition to being on the air, he was producing concerts, bringing people like Dizzy Gillespie and Coleman Hawkins to Detroit in 1944, 1945, and the, these become very influential on the on the city scene. And boy, in the early 1950s. Uh, uh, um, uh, Soupy Sales starts his nighttime show. He's doing the lunchtime show for kids, but at night he's doing the show for adults, and he's having jazz on uh, pretty much every night. A, a famous artist, a local musician or a famous artist who's in town comes on the show. This is starting in 1953. And uh, when Miles is in Detroit, in fact, in 1953 and early 1954, he's on the Soupy Sales show. Mm. Uh, and Charlie Parker and Art Tatum and and Dizzy and Sarah Vaughn and Billie Holiday and all of these people were on television at that point. Um, and there was another guy named Ed McKenzie on WXYZ um, uh, TV and radio that had also a television show. And Charlie Parker and Lester Young, I've seen the photographs of those guys on the show. Mm. So... Um, you know, there's a feedback loop that happens in jazz between the audience and the musicians, and the uh, electronic media is like, and the press, uh, the the print media are in between them, uh, mediating, helping to mediate a conversation. Hmm. Uh, when Miles was here in Detroit and played in Detroit, uh, our own Led, Ed Love here at WDET was someone who who always loved to introduce him. I want to play a clip uh, right now of. Uh, Ed Love talking about Miles Davis. I uh, was his MC in uh, Detroit, not because he requested me or anything like that, but no one wanted to MC for Miles because he was always the toughest MC job in the world, or in Detroit for that matter, because Miles was, he just wasn't cooperative at all. You know, Miles's father was a, a, a dentist. And he, he was uh, quite successful as a dentist. And he sent Miles to learn music at Juilliard, mm-hmm. prestigious uh, music school in New York. And Miles often said that he got more of a music education from Charlie Parker and Dizzy Gillespie, he, he did Bird and Diz, than he did at Juilliard. 
because he said Bird and Diz, they had what he wanted, and Juilliard was classical, he mm-hmm. said, you know, mainly classical. And a lot of times he, he would take the money that his father sent him and he would blow it hanging around with Bird and Diz. You know, and his father, what's happening there? Yeah, and he, Miles said he was out there, you know, going to school with Bird and Diz, <laughs> the school of uh, the University of Charlie Parker and Dizzy Gillespie. Right. <laughs> That's uh, our own Ed Love talking about Miles Davis. Uh, my guests are Stan Nelson. He's an Emmy Award-winning documentary filmmaker and director of Miles Davis, Birth of the Cools, which is showing at the Detroit Film Theater tomorrow and Saturday and at the Michigan Theater in Ann Arbor tomorrow through October 24th. Also with us is Mark Stryker, who is the author of Jazz from Detroit and a former Detroit Free Press arts reporter and critic. He's going to moderate a post-screening Q&A with Stanley Nelson tomorrow night at the Detroit Film Theater. Uh, Stanley, I want to I have you talk some about why, um, why Miles came to Detroit in 1953. We heard Mark talk about the scene he walks into, but there's something really uh, critical about this decision to come here in 1953. Yeah, well, Miles goes to um, uh, France, to Paris, for the first time in 1949, and um, uh, it's the first time he's been out of the country. He, he falls in love with Paris. He actually falls in love with a woman uh, there, Julia Greco, who is who is in the film, who is just amazing, because you can still see today the love in her eyes that she has for Miles. But Miles comes back, and partially um, the shock of, of, of America, of being back in this country, uh, sends him into a spiral of drug addiction. And um, he spends a few years where he is just really terribly addicted to drugs. And it seems that, you know, he's not going to snap out of it and not going to going to recover but his father actually comes and gets him and brings him back to uh east st louis and to the midwest and um that's where miles um was able to kick drugs and recover hmm. and yeah go ahead mark well i was just gonna yeah p- p- just picking up the story he 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 uses detroit as kind of a halfway house basically he he begins this process of weaning himself off uh heroin and at his family home in east st louis and then uh he comes to detroit and he spends, he's here from about, um, it's a little slippery to, to get the dates exactly, but it appears to be he's here for about five months between uh, October of 1953 and um, early March of 1954, um, and he's living here full time basically at that point, and he's, um, he's playing a little bit, he's trying to wean himself, as I said, off of drugs, uh, he's spending a lot of time hanging out at the Bluebird Inn, which was the... Uh, most important modern jazz club in Detroit at the time over on Tireman, 5021 Tireman on the near west side where mm-hmm. the house band at that point was uh, uh, led by Billy Mitchell, tenor saxophone player with the great trumpeter and composer Thad Jones. Uh, Elvin Jones, his brother, was playing drums. Beans Richardson was the bass player and the piano player. Originally was Terry Pollard. By the time Miles gets here, um, uh, Tommy Flanagan is playing piano in the band. And um, uh, there are stories about um, uh, Roland Hanna, the Detroit 
born pianist tells us used to tell a story about uh, Miles standing underneath the air conditioner at the Bluebird Inn, listening to Thad Jones with tears coming out of his eyes. Wow. Um, and um, and in fact, Thad uh, Thad becomes a uh, um, Miles becomes a real champion of Thad over the years. And in fact, uh, a year after he leaves Detroit, he records one of Thad's songs called "Itty Bitty," which he first heard Thad play at the Bluebird. So, uh, but at the time, he's uh, he's also um, struggling. Um, there are stories of Miles sort of straggling around the city and um, obviously he's still having some issues with, with drugs. He's, he doesn't have his own trumpet. He's having to borrow a trumpet. He's, uh, but as he's here, he's gaining strength. He's getting off drugs and it, it, it provides um, kind of the launching pad in a way for when he gets back to New York. Uh, and uh, really at that point and in, in starting in 1954 and then 1955, ascends to... Um, um, becomes the Miles Davis that we we all sort of celebrate now. Right, right. Uh, Stanley Nelson, that that speaks to that sort of critical role that Detroit played in the career of Miles Davis. He leaves here a very different person and musician than than he came. Yeah, I mean, it was essential that that Miles, you know, get out of New York, that he spend time uh, first, you know, in, in East St. Louis and then in, in Detroit and, and kind of break that cycle that, that he had spiraled into, um, and then come back, you know, as, as Miles Davis. And, and, you know, his career really takes off from there, and that's really, again, um, the Miles Davis that we know and love. Yeah. Okay, Stanley Nelson, Emmy Award-winning documentary filmmaker and director of Miles Davis, Birth of the Cool. Thanks very much for being here with us on Detroit Today. Thank you so much. And Mark Stryker, author of Jazz from Detroit, former Detroit Free Press arts reporter and critic. Always great to catch up with you as well. Nice to be here, too. Thank you. Yeah. And again, Miles Davis' Birth of the Cool is going to show at the Detroit Film Theater tomorrow and Saturday. And it will be at the Michigan Theater in Ann Arbor tomorrow through October 24th. Also remember that this is the 70th anniversary of WDET, and we are celebrating that with uh, a bunch of things during our fall fundraiser. One of them is that with a gift of $70 or more, you can be entered to win one of seven Third Man Records turntables. You can make your gift now at WDET.org and hear what uh, we want to hear from you today. We we really want to get you making sure that you're part of this fall fundraiser and making a contribution to keeping all of the programming here at WDET going strong. Uh, We uh, wanted to get seven people in the door as contributors this hour. We're just a few away from that. So you can go to WDET.org and click that big donate button at the top of the page uh, to make sure that uh, you are part of sustaining WDET. We are only three away from that seven goal. So uh, make sure we get there here on Detroit Today. Come back tomorrow and we're going to talk with James Ponawazic, who's author of a book about Trump as a TV personality. And we're going to hear from people who are choosing to live a sober lifestyle here in the city of Detroit. We're going to go out on Miles Davis' Stella by Starlight. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's NPR station, your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk again tomorrow.